Welcome to Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie Talks Faith and Facts, a podcast that explores the relationship between faith and facts and its divine impact on the coexistence of mind, body, and spirit. Here's Dr. Cherie, a medical doctor, best-selling author, international professional speaker, breast cancer survivor, and the queen of how to let go and live today and every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie talks faith and facts. Today is just me, guys. No guests today. And I want to talk to you about two things, difficult moments and the power of no. That is N-O. Yes, man, during this pandemic time, I have really come to some realization of some things in my life that really needed to be addressed. And I thought it would be apropos for me to share them with you on this podcast. Now, I'm going to start with a quote uh, from a, a Nobel Prize winner. The quote is this, above all, don't fear difficult moments. The best comes from them. Now, you know, none of us prays for difficulty. I mean, at least nobody that I know. Um, We are much more likely to pray for peace and comfort, right? As I look back over my life, the times of peace and comfort, they were nice. But that is not where the real growth and maturity and clarity of thought emerged. Instead, when I was being tried to my limit and found myself on my knees pleading for God's help, those are the deep, deep growth times. About three years ago, uh, a new beautification project started in my neighborhood, repaving roads, some preservation of wildlife and rerouting of walking and biking paths. Initially, when they started, it felt as if they were leaving what felt like a horrid wound on the landscape. But when extended walking and biking paths were able to fill in the wound and the flourishing of plant life and fowl and wildlife and the greening of the surrounding land made it obvious that it was wise to have wounded the land to have the desired benefit, I changed my mind, and I find myself recalling that again and again. Uh, When I watch what I knew so well be altered and changed, I remembered that there may be an outcome that I just can't see yet, Um, that where I'm at right now does not have to disturb me. Uh, that I can choose to believe that God is working things out. He's ordering my footsteps and that I will see the results of it in due time. And so it gives me hope. And I am praying that like the water in the healed reservoir that I saw, that God's love will pour into the empty and wounded spaces of our hearts and minds and that the result will be better after this trying time has passed. I know that all of us have had our landscapes rearranged lately, but I hope that we can trust that our landscape will be restored, that it will be vibrant and whole 
and even better once again. Writing through here, it is really important for us to make sure we're taking a step back and examining what are we doing with our time. Take a step back and envision your life beyond today. And it's important that you envision your life beyond today because if you can't envision your life beyond today, one, you lose hope. Two, there is no path for you. Uh, three, you can't begin to put your hands to something that will be manifested in the future. And one of the things that I found that helps individuals to create a new path for themselves is to learn how to fully experience joy. Uh, and I've learned that joy doesn't come from having your circumstances in order or under control. Joy comes from what's in your heart. And contentment is it's not about what type of job you have, how much money you make, what side of the tracks you were born on. Contentment truly is a heart attitude. I mean, you're not going to find anyone more thankful um, or happier than a truly content person. Because being content means being satisfied to the point where nothing disturbs you, no matter what's going on, but not satisfied to the point where you don't want to see anything changed. We all want to see things change, but where we are right this minute does not have to disturb us. We can make a conscious effort to choose to believe that in spite of what we're seeing right now, in the midst of all of the turmoil, in the midst of like that, that, beautification project that was happening in my neighborhood. We need to learn to look beyond what the destruction is right now and know that that part of that destruction in that destruction is a rebuilding. And that rebuilding can turn out to be more beautiful than what you could have ever imagined without the land, without your heart, without sometimes even our physical bodies. Uh, being torn down and broken so that it can be rebuilt. Um, some of us have gone through a lot of emotional turmoil at, during this time. And you may feel that your heart is broken and can never be repaired. But where there is life, there is hope. And we serve a God of hope. And for those of you that may say, well, I just don't believe in God. I'm really hoping that at the sound of my voice and by looking at me and visualizing and looking into my eyes that you will grab hold to hope uh, because without it, we will not flourish. Without it, it is impossible for us to succeed because with hope comes vision and with vision comes dreams. And when you have dreams, you can turn those dreams into a reality because you can put your hands to a purpose. Now I want to shift gears and I want to talk about that powerful word, no. Not the K-N-O-W. I'm talking about the two-letter word, N-O. And I want to start with a, a quote by W. Clement Stone. And here's a quote. Have the courage to say no. Have the courage to face the truth. Do the right thing because it is right. These are the magic keys to living your life with integrity. 
have the courage to say no. Now, guys, I'm telling you, it took me a while to get this one. I was trained to be a people pleaser and not people pleaser in the sense of doing everything that somebody wants you to do or saying everything that everybody wants you to say or a particular person wants you to say. I was a people pleaser in the sense that if someone asked me to do something, I wanted to be there to help them to do it. If I was available, if I had the activities of my limbs, if I felt like I was in my right mind, I was going to be there for them because if they asked, I just thought that that was what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to say, yes, you know, help your neighbor, you know, love your enemies. And so it was like a knee jerk response that when someone made a request, it was always so easy for me to say, yes, sure, I can do that. Um, And it seemed like I got to a place where I just could not say no. That was a problem because there is only one of me. I can't be at all places at all times or agree with all the premises that are argued. Sometimes I, I felt that I was so overwhelmed trying to be all things to all people, but I have to learn that I am not omniscient nor am I omnipotent. I am not any of those things, but I can turn to the one who is. This stay-at-home order has allowed me to examine why I always wanted to agree, why I always wanted to comply or always wanted to please. It it, it forced me to kind of dig deep and examine motives and consider different viewpoints. And I really realized that those viewpoints were because I didn't want anyone to look at me in a negative light, right? Because if I said no, then, oh, well, Dr. Cherie, she's not available to do X, Y, and Z. I asked her to do so-and-so, so-and-so, and she wasn't there for me. And, and then I felt like if I said no to some people and yes to others, then it'll get back. Well, she said yes to me. Well, I don't know why she said no to you. And I struggled with that. Um, and again, I thought because God has gifted me with a number of different talents and resources that, well, that was why he gifted them to me, right? I'm supposed to say yes. When someone asks me to do something or speak or say something or give something, I'm supposed to say yes. But I have actually learned to say that one word sentence that is perfectly proper and correct when needed. And that one word sentence is simply no. Sometimes I put an exclamation mark afterwards because it is a complete sentence. I am, I'm learning to say it without that baggage of guilt, without any baggage of what you may say about me or think about me or even feel about me. Um, Sometimes I thought that that knee jerk response of yes, um, was exactly what was needed to put that smile on God's face. Um, However, I have discovered that God needs me to sometimes say no to some things so that I will be able to say yes to others. Yes to the ones that were meant for me to accomplish, to achieve, to do, to be a part of. Um, The only person that I know that is omnipresent, omnipotent, 
absolutely all powerful is God. God is the only one I know that can be in multiple places at the same time. I'm not God. And I've realized that by saying yes so often to so many different people and for so long, it placed me to a point where I was drained, where when physical insults would attack this aging body, I know you may be thinking, no, she's not aging, <laughs> but yes, I am. But as those physical insults attacked this aging body, I wasn't able to fight back like I should have been able to um, because I was worn. When you say yes all the time, it is pulling from your emotional um, viewpoint. It is pulling from you spiritually. It is pulling from you physically. Uh, at times it pulled from me financially. And I look back over my life and I thought, oh my goodness, from a financial perspective alone, how much further I, my 401k and my pension would look now if I had not always said yes and gave out. I think about where, how my body may have responded to my breast cancer diagnosis 12 years ago and how my body has subsequently responded to lymphedema and major back injuries and, 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 and all other types of uh, physical ailments, how I would have been able to fight back with my immune system, how had I not been so drained from all of the yeses that I had contributed of my, my time and, and my physicality to. And then I think about where I could be spiritually had I not said yes so often and placed myself in situations where spiritually I was not in a place where I should have been. The mood wasn't right. The people weren't right. I said yes to be there and I had to push past all of this negativity and, and shame and conviction that was settling in the room that I had no part in, but now I went home heavy and waited because I carried the burdens of the individuals in the room uh, that I said yes to witness to. And I wasn't supposed to be the person that was supposed to be their witness. I wasn't the person that was there for their deliverance. And then the last thing that I really noticed and came to a realization rather, is that sometimes by placing myself, by saying yes and placing myself in a position where I'm there and I'm present, I block somebody else's blessing because it wasn't supposed to be me. It was supposed to be somebody else. So I walked away heavy laden, stripped, devoid, whereas someone else could have come in, been blessed, been delivered, um, and been healed uh, because they were in the right place and I was in the wrong one. And so the key um, to pleasing God is not always being the yes man. I mean, I had to even take it back to the Bible. <laughs> Jesus was not a yes man. There were clearly some times when he said no. So shame on me to even think that it wouldn't be okay for me to say no. And so again, I will say to you that I discovered that God needs me to say no to some things so that I can say yes to others. The key is watching his face and asking, God, is this yes? Or is this no? Don't make it so automatic 
take a step back and pray about it. Meditate on it and just see. Uh, because no is a viable it is a viable uh, action, it's a viable opportunity, and it is certainly a sentence all in and of itself. No, I don't owe you an explanation. I don't have to say maybe at a later date. The answer simply is no. I'm going to share this quote with you. Abraham Lincoln said, there is so much bad in the best of us and so much good in the worst of us that it does not behoove any of us to talk about the rest of us. So for those of you that may be listening to my voice and thinking, oh my God, Dr. Sheree is now saying no. Mm, how dare her? Well, in the words of Abraham Lincoln, it ain't your place to talk about any of us because we all got issues. But I will promise you, if you were like me and are like, well, if you are like what I was, that yes man, that yes woman, that one that always wants to say yes because we just want to be a help. Sometimes you can be a hindrance and not a help. And you can be a hindrance not only to yourself, but to the other person because you're trying to fill shoes that were never meant for you to fill in the first place. And so I'm beginning to understand why, you know, monks take a vow of silence um, because our words, especially that yes one, can tangle us up in ways that can do so much damage. So today, let's ask God to distill our words with his love and dispense them in tiny droplets like the word no, if at all, because there are some things that people may ask of you, may make certain requests. You and I both know it doesn't even deserve even an acknowledgement. Sometimes there comes a time when you just must walk away. Now, I know that this one may have been a little bit heavy, to take, but I felt that it was important for me to share uh, these two life lessons that I have learned uh, during this time, during our pandemic, uh, during the time of a lot of uncertainty, uh, to gain some clarity on that wonderful word, no, um, and to gain some clarity that just because we see our landscape shaping, whether or not it truly is within your neighborhood like what I saw, uh, but maybe what you see is, sh is shaping out is our country, our political climate, our racial climate, our economic climate, all of that. Don't lose sight and don't lose hope of the fact that when things are torn down, they can actually be rebuilt in the right way. When things begin to crumble, Sometimes it's an indication that the foundation was never firmly set in the first place, that we've been able to skate by and get by with what we had for so long uh, just because of grace and mercy. But then there comes a time when you need to tear it down so you can build it back up the right way. And so if you can't have the vision or the foresight to look beyond your household, I want you to stay right there in your household. Keep it right there, because that's really where it's going to start, within your family, within your tribe. Learn and accept that this is a time to rebuild. Grab hold of the vision that God has placed in you. It's there. You've been seeing bits and pieces of it, but you're just wondering, how is this all going to come together? Well, just jot it, jot it down on a piece of paper when the different things and ideas come to you. 
and then go back to them and allow it to pull together and create this vision of how you're going to rebuild and restructure your household, your extended family, your neighborhood, then take it to your job, take it to your church. And then as each of us begin to do that, we can now come together and build together a foundation for this country like we've never seen before, a foundation that will truly last through the generations and give us what we need correctly, politically, racially, economically, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I'm Dr. Cherie. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Until we talk again. You've reached the end of another episode of Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie talks faith and facts. Be sure to visit medicinemeetsministrypodcast.com to join the conversation and to view the show notes for this episode. And follow us on Facebook at Where Medicine Meets Ministry, on Instagram at Medicine Meets Ministry, and on Twitter at Med Meets Men. That's M-E-D meets M-I-N. If you love the Where Medicine Meets Ministry podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. And to connect with Dr. Cherie, go to drcheriemd.com. That's D-R-S-H-E-R-I-M-D.com. Until next time.